Welcome to the Arena Church podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. Josh, Josh Turner, I mean, he's who I live to be like, but yes, it is true. I was Mr. Northern Ireland, 19, when was it? 1980. Wow, wow. Isn't it good to be together? Isn't it good to be together in Nottingham? here at a new campus, really, within, within the first couple of weeks still, really, of this new venture. We're excited to see what God's going to do in the city of Nottingham through this church. I know there's multiple churches around the, the, the city here already doing great stuff, but what is God going to do through this place that's been given to us, that's been prayed into and prayed over already before we even got here? And we're excited to see what's going to happen. So, We're continuing our series, Who Likes a Series? We like to do a series here at Arena where we we take a series and we put a few messages together. Hopefully that will encourage you or or draw you in further into into the life of being, um, being a Christian. And what we're looking at tonight is new life or new relationship. What does that mean? Last, the, last, the first series we had was four pictures of God and what that looked like. God, what it wasn't, which was offense, and it led through to God being an open door. Jono led us last week with about a new security, a new security in God. What I got from that was what spoke to me most was the Exodus 14, 14 of the Lord is fighting for you. Keep calm. It's almost like a t-shirt, isn't it? Keep calm, the Lord is fighting for you. I love that, that we can just have that reassurance of God working for us. So we're continuing to look at this, all things new. And if you've got your Bibles with you, would you turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17. If you've got a paper version like me, you're quite holy or more holy than the ones that have got electronic versions. That's cheating. I remember we used to have prayer. Wasn't it like a, a Bible thing where you used to like have your Bibles closed and then go, First Corinthians, and then you're the first one to do it, you stand up and read it out. But now you've got these buttons you just press and you're there already. It's a bit of a cheat, but anyways, it says this. It says, therefore, everyone say, therefore. Therefore, if it's the therefore, there must have been a before. So it's therefore, if anyone is in Christ, that means that something has happened. You've realized who you are in God. You realize that there's sin in this world that needs to be dealt with. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. Or in the NIV, it says, a new creation. The old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life has gone. A new life has begun. Now, you may not be in that position yet of of being in this new life. And if you're not, we want you to just lean into what we're saying because we're hoping and praying that something may speak into your life that you'll be able to take away with you at least tonight. But if you are already in the club of being a Christian, then we hope that this speaks into you as well, that there's something that we can take away from this. So we're looking at something we're all familiar with, something we've all gone through in life, and that is developing relationships. It's all about how we sort of communicate with, with one another, how we, how, we, how we communicate and get to know each other and what that entails. Now that could be on a friendship level, as we know. 
It could be on a new colleague. Maybe somebody's coming to the office and you need to sort of find out who they are. You know, what's your name? How are you doing this? The simple stuff. But getting to know them a bit deeper. Or a teammate. Maybe you play sports and somebody's coming to the team and you want to know a little bit more about them. Just developing relationships. And how do we do that? How, we go, how do we go about that? Maybe it's on a romantic level. You know, you've, you've, you know, you've maybe an interest. There's an interest in the room and you're, you're, you're trying to make connections with this person. And, and you, know, you know all that sort of stuff that goes on. It's about community. Communication, isn't it? It's about how do we communicate and how do we build relationships. Maybe some of you have moved um, houses into a different area or moved countries even bigger. You know, there's a need, a necessity to actually build new relationships, develop a new life in those new areas. It's the way we need to go about our lives. But in this new life, that we have that this passage speaks about. In this new life that we have in Jesus, how do we go about building a relationship with God that really helps us to know him more, know him better, know what he wants for our lives? It's important. God has designed us specifically to have a relationship with him. How do we go about that? And we're going to look at maybe three takeaway things tonight, three ingredients, if you like, that's crucial to, to building a relationship with God. Now, there's not just, it's not limited to three. It's just three we're touching on tonight. But the three important things. Firstly, it's good to talk, isn't it? It's good to talk. Now, you may remember, if you're old enough, Caroline, you may remember it's the adverts with Bob Hoskins. Can you remember them? There was always a little different, uh, I know some of you young guys won't know this, but there was, there was little things in there that they, they, they sort of had a little message of. There'd be somebody trying to have a conversation with his girlfriend on the phone, and in those days, the phones were connected with a, uh, like a spirally cord, believe it or not. There wasn't mobiles in those days, and he was being overheard by his family while they're watching TV and having tea in the background. He wanted the privacy, and the message in there was, if you want to talk, take a walk which meant take your 10Ps out to the phone box for the privacy of just talking together. I don't know if you remember 10P machines. I used to do it with Helen with a bunch of 10Ps and the beeps going, all that sort of thing. But if you want to talk, take a walk. Other messages were, were like, um, uh, I forget what the other one was. There was, there was one where there's a, 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 a romantic side of things. You put the phone down for us. No, you put the phone down. And it always, it always ended up with Bob coming in in the background going, it's good to talk. But it is, it is good to talk. And what does that mean? Some of us just like to talk. Some of us have the gift of the gab, don't we? We all know somebody who's just able to speak and just keep going and going and going. And when you want to get out of a room quickly, you don't want to get caught with that particular person because you know that it's going to take maybe more than maybe one or two minutes. It's going to be 10 minutes and you need to get out because the tea's on or whatever that is. But it's okay because it's, it's good to talk. How about how men and women talk together, male and female, or the differences in the conversations that, that we all have. Guys, as we know, we're just very much, you know, we're, we're bullet point people. Yes, just give me that. Yes, bang, 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 bang. That's all I need to know. I'm done. Whereas the, the ladies like the detail, don't they? It's detail stuff. It's stuff that, 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 that for guys is like, why do you need to know all this information? It does not make any sense to me. I do not understand. It goes on and on. 
demand, so much so that they have to go for coffees out into the Costas and the Starbucks and all the rest of it and spend an hour or so talking about the change of curtains or whatever it is. Am I speaking to anybody here today? But in terms of building a relationship with God, one of the important ingredients is, is talking. I know it's how we go about our daily, our daily lives. We talk to people all the time. I hope if you're visiting tonight, you've been spoken to at the door or somebody's at least greeted you or said something to you that recognized you're in the room. It's part of our mantra here to make sure that you feel welcome. We want to make sure that you, you feel comfortable in this church. What does talking to God look like? In essence, in short, it's prayer. It's prayer. It's how we talk to God. Well, how do we pray? What does that look like? Ephesians 6 verse 18 said, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayer and requests. All kinds. There's no stipulation of what, what that entails. We can sometimes over, overcomplicate it by thinking I have to be super holy in what I'm bringing to God. But God's saying all sorts of prayers. I'm interested. I want you to talk to me. Tell me what's on your heart. Tell me what's bothering you. Tell me what you're thankful for. Pray in the Spirit, in the mind of Jesus. You know, His heart his priorities. Another verse in Philippians 4, verse 16, which will be very familiar, it says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, not just limited situations, there's a theme here, it's not limited, it's every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. In other words, there isn't anything we can't go to God with. He isn't blushing. He isn't minding what you've done. He doesn't flinch and think, oh man, that's a bit too much. He doesn't slip out the door, you know, and say cheers for that, but you know, I'm out of this one. He wants to hear what you've got to say. He wants you to talk to him. He wants you to develop this relationship with him so that he's speaking back to you. We'll learn how that, or we'll hear how he does that shortly, but he wants us to speak to him to develop a relationship with him. We've been doing this 40-day prayer challenge, haven't we, uh, church? The, the guys that are from Arena will know this. It's based on a book called Draw the Circle by uh, Mark Batterson. And, and uh, Christian was encouraged us to, to stop, drop, and, and pray at 7.14. That was based on a, on a Bible passage. 7.14 a.m., that is, not p.m., uh, some of us may have struggled with that. Now, I, I don't mind it. I'm, I'm in the office generally from about seven anyways. The only thing I've struggled with is to be able to concentrate to pray. I have that moment because once you're in, you're kind of on the game. So I've sort of been the warm-up act. You know, I've sort of been the person who's prayed maybe a little bit before 7.14, but I've sort of warmed up. I've, I've, warmed, I've warmed God up, you know. And he, he's, he's, he's hearing you more than, than you know, because of what I'm doing before. I'm only joking about that. But, you know, it, it's, it's important that we sort of Commit, commit to praying on a daily basis. But what this is doing is enhancing our relationship with God. So you may have been in the game of being a Christian for a long time, and maybe you've prayed just when you've needed to. You know, I've needed something, so I've lifted it to God. But God doesn't want that. He wants you to communicate with him daily so it enhances your relationship with him starting you off on the right track if you're a new Christian even. Your launch pad, so to speak, needs to be 
part of your daily routine. And by the way, it doesn't have to be all sort of pomp and ceremony. We're not here to sort of over-religify it, if you like. There's no holy these, thous, and I know people do that, and that's fine. I'm not speaking against that, but just know that you can just pray as you would talk to anybody. You know, the Bible says that by calling him Abba Father, literally translated as dad or daddy, if you like. Speak to him like a father, like you would your own parent. He wants to hear from you. He wants you to speak to him. And when we do that, we're inviting him into our lives. God is also growing us in those times. And we become dependent on God. Pray, communicate, speak. Secondly, it's good to explore, isn't it? It's good to explore. I've got, uh, when I was, maybe about 20 years ago, I was introduced to walking. <laughs> I thought that was for old people. But 20 years ago, I went walking. One, it is not for old people. But I like to get out into the hills. I like to get all the gear on. I like to get out into the, the muddiness and the wilderness and all the, right, the rest of that sort of thing. I like the idea of the potential of getting lost as well. I don't want to get lost, but I like the potential of we could get lost if we didn't have something with us, a map. You know, and and uh, when, when, we, when I first got, got introduced to it, it was actually in the Lake District. So one of, the, one of the most beautiful places actually on this island, I feel, uh, particularly for walking with the vast hills and the crevices and the, the gorges and all that sort of stuff, is just amazing to be up and in and around. Now, the problem is, is that you do need to know your way around. And the people that I went with, uh, one of the guys, his dad had lived up there. Now, he lived up there and would walk so much that he knew the place inside out. So he didn't need a map as such, okay? So we'd be taking a, a walk, you know, a, a 10, 15-mile walk around a, a certain area, and we'd be trying to figure out where we're going and sort of thing. And he's like, no, it's okay. We go this way. And he would take us around, and we'd think we need to drop down this. He said, no, if you drop down there, you, you, you're harder work coming back up the other side. You're best staying around the top here. And he knew it inside out. He didn't even need to know what walk we were doing because there's names of walks up there. But he just knew exactly where he was going. He, he sort of had absorbed the terrain. He could even tell by looking across the hills what the weather was doing, whether you needed to wrap up, whether you needed to kind of get, to get it coated up. How many people have you seen going up into the hills just in jeans and a T-shirt, and it changes like that, and then it just gets frozen? Josh is nudging Helen. There must be history there. So I thought that I could do that too. Now, I took Helen for a walk in the Lake District. And we went up, and uh, it was going well. It was only a horseshoe, which means you do basically a U-shape. And we went up, and I knew you had to go around to the left. That was okay. You got up on the top and around to the left. The problem was that the weather moved in, okay? It was a beautiful day, and we'd even bought waterproof trousers because Helen hadn't got waterproof trousers. We said, let's buy some just in case. I don't need it. It's beautiful outside. Let's get them just in case. But halfway up this hill, we needed the waterproof trousers on. It absolutely went horizontal. It was bad, all the rest of it. And it started to get a little bit rough. It started to get a little bit heavy. And as we got up to the top there, I was going around to the left and we started to drop down again. And, and maybe about, oh, I don't know, it felt like a long time, Helen. I'm still so sorry, but it, <laughs> it, it must have been about maybe, it feels like maybe half a mile. 
But anyways, that's a long way downhill when I, I thought I need to check where I am here. And I actually pulled out the phone. I didn't take a map with me. I, I pulled out the phone and I did the old kind of look. And, and Helen's really not pleased at this time. Because the weather, she doesn't know. She doesn't know we've gone the wrong way at this point, okay? She's, she's over here. And, and, and I realized that I'd actually stepped down too soon. And what happened was we had to turn around and go back up. And you know the feeling, guys. You know, I mean, we, we were, I mean, yeah. It, it was a rough, it was a rough sort of next 20 minutes as we, I mean, I could hear over the wind howling and stuff, I could hear trudging behind me and stamping and huffing and, and, and all that sort of stuff. But I should have had a map with me. I should have studied the map and I should have had direction. And just like that, our communication with God is to talk. Our main primary communication talk with God is talking to him is via prayer. His main communication with us is through his word. It's through his scripture. It's through the Bible. We believe this, this, this Bible is God's word to us. As Christians, the word of God is true. It doesn't contradict itself. People think it, do. it does. It doesn't contradict itself. It stands the test of time before, now, and it will forever stand forever. And it says in the 2 Timothy 3, the verses 16 to 17, all scripture is God-breathed. It's God-breathed. I believe that God has put it together purposefully the way it should be. There's no bits that have been missed out. There's no bits that have been added in that shouldn't have been. I get questions at work of, of surely there should have been these, all these other bits and bobs. They should have been in there. Why aren't they on in there? Well, I believe that God has put it together specifically and correctly for our benefit. He knows what should have been in there. All Scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. God speaks to us through his word. It's up to us to read it. It's up to us to explore it, to absorb it. You know, if you're going through hard times, there's something in there for that. If you're needing marital advice, even there's something in there for that. If, you're, if there's somebody keeps doing wrong to you and you don't know how to, to sort of get around this, there's something in there for that. Every situation, there is an answer for it. There is direction for it in the Word of God. It's a manual for life. It's life-giving. You know, I wish I had explored it more when I was a kid, but I had all the excuses in the world not to do that. I'd had all excuses and it would have equipped me for bits that I, had, I faced in my life early on. I would have been ready for it more so. So in young people, when we look at this, when, we, when your parents are saying to you, get into your quiet times. I'm, I'm over here because Jack's over here. If, if, if your parents are saying, get into your Bibles, get into your Bibles, explore them, know them. You know, God wants to talk to you through them and come into you, Isaac and, and Lily and, and, and you guys over here. God wants to speak to you through the scriptures. You need to know that. You need to get into it. It's so important moving forward as young Christians. And the importance of reading your Bible and praying on a daily basis will, will set you up nicely. You know, it's not to say that, that everything will be all, you know, hunky-dory. 
It doesn't mean that everything's going to be fine and there's going to be no problems. You know, Acts 12, or I think it's 14, actually, 22 says, through many tribulations, we must enter the kingdom of God. Stuff is going to happen. Stuff will happen. We don't get a free pass with this. But God promises to walk through it with you. He says, I'm going to walk with you step by step. I will strengthen you through it. I will teach you something through it too. I will shape your life differently for you so that as you go into maybe a different area of ministry, you'll already be equipped to face whatever it is that you face. Paul also says that, that God comforts us in all our afflictions so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. He's able to work in a situation that can be, uh, be learning time and reshaping time and preparing time for what's next. If we pray, if we talk to God, if we read our Bible, let him talk to us on a regular basis, you'll start to see more of God in your life more of God in and around your world. See what God does as you develop this relationship with him. You know, he'll, you'll find more that, that, that stuff pops up that, that God's actually speaking into your life and you'll just feel it. It is, it is God actually doing something here. Something will turn up in your life that you know that is an actual act of God. It's tremendous just to see that the reality of him in your life is real. You know, we talk about it and you can preach about it and you can speak about it, but until you actually see it happen, that's what really cements it in your life, that, that this whole thing is, is, is just for real. It's for real. But we can't do that without developing this relationship with God. So there we have it. It's good to pray. It's good to explore. It's good to talk. It's good to explore. But it's also good to meet. It's also good to meet. And I just want to take a, a moment just to show you a clip. Um, what I don't want is any sort of um, barracking or, or any sort of booing or anything on those lines. But I just want to take a moment to show you just a one-minute clip. <laughs>
<laughs> I mean, it still gets me, you know. It still gets me. It still gets me. What a night. <laughs> I'm not going to dwell on that fact. Anyways, but, but this clip shows a kind of a context of what it's like to be in unison with something. Okay? Now, as you looked around that, okay, it's Anfield. I mean, it's a fortress. Not a theater of shattered dreams. It's a, it's a fortress, Josh. It's a fortress. But what you had there was, was people together under one common ground, okay? Now, there was two sets of fans there, obviously, but the common ground was football in essence. It was, that's what they were there for, to see a game. Now, they were, they were, the, the Liverpool fans were, were obviously singing together. There was a unison. They were, they were, they were, it was just a, there was a bond there. You could see it went through the cop end. It went into the director's box. You saw Kenny there with, the, with fellow directors. You saw the team all lined up. They were together in what they were doing and what they were singing, weren't they? There was something about that. There's something about having that bond that draws us together. So when the Bible says in Hebrews 10, 25, don't give up meeting together, it means that we don't give up meeting together. It must mean that there's something important about meeting together as Christians, how we, how we rub up together, how we, how we sort of uh, rub off on each other. Iron sharpens iron, we've heard it before. It's, it's what we need to be doing. We need to be building each other up and encouraging one another, don't we? It's, it's just part of what our makeup should be like. And as we look at that clip there, there was, there was, there was a multitude of, of cultures, wasn't there? There was languages there. There was people from foreign. Helen and I had a, had a, a weekend in Liverpool, and it was, the, it was the, actually the game, the last game at Anfield before the season finished last, last We wouldn't go to the game, but last season. And uh, there was a multitude of people walking through the cities with, with the scarves and the shirts and all that sort of thing. But a lot of them, you, they were all from everywhere. It was from, there were Germans, there was Japanese. They, the whole spectrum was included and cultures were included but yet something drew them into a position where they were able to join together and sing one common song you know we as Christians can sing one common song that that we'll never walk alone see God is is faithful to the end God will walk with you through every through every thick and thin situation you find yourself in he will walk with you you know, I left the clip in. I was going to shorten the clip, but I wanted to show the Barcelona fans there. Okay, not because I'm gloating a little bit, <laughs> but the fact was that there was, there was a burden there. Okay, now I don't want you to notice there, the guy, I don't want to over-spiritualize this, but the guy was in bits. He was in bits. And then the guy turned around and gave him a hug. But that's like a picture of what we should be like. You know, Galatians, Galatians 6, 2 says, carry each other's burdens. Okay, so if there is a need, if there's a problem, you know, share with one another, talk with one another. That's how we are able to just lighten the burden, you know. God does say, cast your burdens onto me. But we can do that with each other, that we can be encouraging to one another. It's how we should be doing when we talk about building a relationship with God. One common denominator, which is God who is above all things, a name who there is above no other. We heard that this morning. You know, friends say to me, Tim, I can think of a million other things I'd rather do on a Sunday than go to church. Well, I can think of a million other things I would rather not do than go to church. You see, the reality is on a football stadium or on a football field, God isn't the focus point. When God's in it, there's something different. 
See, now they were celebrating victory. I don't know whether you picked that up. There was victory there. See, and when we come together, there should be an excitement together because there is a victory that we're celebrating. There's a victory that Jesus has taken for us, that He took our sin to the cross, that He paid the price for us, and not only defeated sin, defeated death, defeated diseases, defeated all sorts of horrendous things. He took it to the cross, but He rose again. He took it to the cross and He said, I'm going to deal with this for you. I'm not going to charge you anything for it. It's free. I do it for free and I do it for you. And that is the love of God that we have, that He sent His Son, that He would die on a cross for us, that He would rise again into eternity. You know, He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. There is no other. You know, apart from me, there is no other. There's only one way to heaven, as far as I'm concerned. I believe the Bible to be true, as we said earlier. And in there it says that Jesus is the answer. There's many other things going off in our world today that sort of try and point you to a different direction or a different uh, thing of worship, if you like. There's not a different, when we look at the map, it's not a different you know, road to, to God. God says, or Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So I want to encourage you tonight fresh talk to God pray to Him tell Him how it is tell Him your hurts, your pains tell Him your praises tell Him the good stuff thank Him for what He's done you know He wants that relationship with you and get your Bibles out Get your Bibles out. Get into your scriptures. Get into it. God will speak through there with something new, something fresh. We can hear scripture over and over again, the same verses, but sometimes God just shows you a little nugget that's different, that speaks to you. And meet together. Don't give up. Don't be a a Christian that, that, that doesn't think all this stuff is necessary. It's important that we come together. I mean, the band led us in worship and we were just... You know, we were, you know, the, the, throne room, the throne room of God just, just becomes just so, so right here. You know, when we, we praise, you know, singing the words, let the keen of my heart be the mountain where I run, the fountain I drink from. Oh, he is my song.